This week on The Word of the Lord Endures Forever, we continue in Titus with qualifications for elders, rebuke them sharply, sound doctrine, grace of God, and the washing of regeneration. Join me, Pastor Will Whedon, for The Word of the Lord Endures Forever, your daily 15-minute verse-by-verse Bible study on demand. Listen at thewordendures.org or your favorite podcast provider. Holy God, holy and most gracious Father, have mercy and hear us. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not to temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory, forever and ever. Amen. I believe in God.
reading from John chapter 1. The next day again, John was standing with two of his disciples, and he looked at Jesus as he walked by and said, Behold the Lamb of God. The two disciples heard him say this, and they followed Jesus. Jesus turned and saw them following and said to them, What are you seeking? And they said to him, Rabbi, which means teacher, where are you staying? He said to them, Come and you will see. So they came and saw where he was staying, and they stayed with him that day, for it was about the tenth hour. One of the two who heard John speak and followed Jesus was Andrew, Simon Peter's brother. He first found his own brother Simon and said to him, We have found the Messiah, which means Christ. He brought him to Jesus. Jesus looked at him and said, So you are Simon the son of John? You shall be called Cephas, which means Peter. The Lord have mercy upon us. Just last week I was at Wittenberg, and colleagues and I from the Selk were complaining about the cold weather. It was about five degrees Fahrenheit. We then wandered into a conversation about the upcoming symposium here at CTSFW. I said, I hope it won't be cold. They were stunned, frankly, at the idea of hundreds of pastors and lay people coming to the frozen tundra of Fort Wayne, Indiana in the middle of January. I mentioned that we anticipated some snow, some snow, followed by bitterly cold temperatures. Won't that drive most of them away? Asked these colleagues. And I said, nope. Only the weak ones. <laughs> I then told the story of what I think was the 1992 symposia. Uh, I came up from Tennessee where I was serving as a pastor at that time and it fell to about minus 18. And a group of idiots met at Bob Shibley's house and sat outside in his bitterly, bitterly cold garage smoking cigars. Me included. Those are the memories Symposia is made of. Frankly, it is amazing that you show up for this thing. Every year, I am astounded to see your faces and delighted and thankful. But honestly, it's kind of odd. You are very weird. Fort Wayne in January. And so I think back on what it was that I expected all those years ago when I was in the parish and why I made this long trek uh, to Fort Wayne. What did I expect? What do you expect? What is it that you are seeking? Memories? Well, you'll get them. Knowledge? Of course. Theological insight? I certainly hope so. The mutual conversation and consolation of the brethren? Certainly. Our Symposium Week offers all these things and more. It is good, Lord, to be here whether you go to any of the papers or not. But most importantly, 
we gather together in the heart of this seminary at Creamer Chapel to hear the Viva Vox Jesu and to receive his gifts of mercy and forgiveness. And our Lord never disappoints. He always keeps his promise. This morning's text is part of a larger scene in which John, the evangelist, helps his readers move from John, the baptizer, to Jesus. From the voice crying in the wilderness to the word made flesh himself. From the one who prepares the way to the way. It kicks off at verse 19 with the testimony of John, mostly in terms of who he is not. I am not the Christ. I am not Elijah. I am not the prophet. No, no, no. Well, then who are you? I am the voice of one crying out in the wilderness, make straight the way of the Lord. And this is followed then the next day by John's hark, his behold. The herald who baptizes points out the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. And the next day, the scene repeats itself. Behold, the Lamb of God. That's what John does. And then the turn occurs, occurs and that is where this morning's text begins. John is standing with two of his disciples, and as Jesus walks by, John again cries out, Behold, the Lamb of God. Perhaps second time is a charm, for the disciples desert John at this point, and on the basis of John's repeated testimony, follow Jesus. That is to say, they dump John and attach themselves to Jesus. Even though Jesus hasn't said a word, he just walks by. And when Jesus finally does speak, it's an odd word. When Jesus notices they are following him, he turns to them and, in such a typical Jesus way, asks them a question. What are you seeking? There is no more pointed theological question. And to have it asked by the Lamb of God himself, well, that could be pretty intimidating. What are you seeking? And of course, that's the question he asks each of us today. Now, we know how they should answer. They don't. They should say, we are seeking the Christ, the Son of the living God. We are seeking the Messiah, the promised one of the Old Testament. We are seeking he who has been born King of the Jews. But they don't. They give a weird answer themselves. In fact, it may be the single dumbest answer given to any question that Jesus asks. And that's saying a lot. What are you seeking? And they answer, where are you staying? <laughs> That's like me greeting, as I've already done with so many of you friends this morning and yesterday. 
It's so good to see you, so glad you're here. And you say, what hotel are you staying at? In the words of, oh brother, where art thou? Pete, in fact, that don't make no sense. My answer would be, what is wrong with you? Are you okay? And yet Jesus answers in a far more gentle way, inviting these seekers to get to know him. Come, and you will see. Come, and you will see. And he kept that promise. They certainly did see. They and the others who would follow, some of whom Jesus called directly, would see him teach over the course of his ministry. They would see him serve those who could not serve themselves. They would see him keep God's law perfectly. They would hear him expound on the scriptures. They would see the persecution of the crowds, the injustice of the Romans. They would see Jesus take their sins into himself, carry them to the cross, and die in their place. They would see him cry out, it is finished. They would behold the Lamb of God taking away the sins of the world. Yes, come and you will see, and they did. But at this point, they really don't seem to have a clue. Oh, perhaps that first night they talked their way through all these matters, but if they did, John didn't record it. They just as easily could have talked about mundane things. Unlikely, but certainly possible. We just don't know. What we do know is that the next day, third time, they are reaching out to siblings and friends and, like John the baptizer, telling what they had, that they had found the Christ, the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world, the Messiah, the promised one. And as they reach out, we now see them giving better answers than the day before. We have found the Messiah, which means Christ, says Andrew. Shortly after our text, Philip, we have found him of whom Moses in the law and also the prophets wrote, Jesus of Nazareth. And even Nathaniel, who didn't think anything good could possibly come out of Nazareth, confessed, Rabbi, you are the Son of God. You are the king of Israel. That's a big shift from what hotel are you staying at? They are now seeing him for whom he really is, the promised one. And with Nathaniel, the promised one does what he always does. He promises you will see greater things than these. You will see heaven opened. And again, he kept that promise. Through Christ's cross and resurrection, heaven opened once for all. It took the Lord's teaching over time for them to understand that. And that is his promise to you and to me today. You will see heaven opened. I know you've seen it time after time. You preached it faithfully, in some cases for years, and Sometimes the responses you get may not be the sharpest. Sometimes the answer to your questions can be downright dumb. But all of you, lay clergy, in your lives, see the promise of the Messiah to open heaven realized. 
whether it's we have found the Messiah and you bring these people to Jesus or whether you preach it week in and week out, the promise is fulfilled because the Lord is at work through word and sacrament. It might not look like it much of the time. Believe me, I understand. But this is Christ's unchanging promise to you. Shout out over and over again. What are you seeking this week? The Lamb of God, who takes away the sin of the world. And you seek because he already sought you. And he has found you. You are the lambs. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen.
I cry to you, O Lord. Restore to me the joy of your salvation. My mouth is filled with your praise. Every day I will bless you. By awesome deeds, you answer us with righteousness. Bless the Lord, O my soul. And all that is bless his holy name. He redeems your life from the pit. And crowns you steadfast love and mercy. Hear my prayer, O Lord. In our prayers, remember Reverend Perry Kopas, who is undergoing cancer surgery today. Let us pray. Almighty and everlasting God, who governs all things in heaven and on earth, mercifully hear the prayers of your people and grant us your peace through all our days. Through Jesus Christ, your Son, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. Lord Jesus Christ, hear our prayers on behalf of your servant, Perry, as he undergoes surgery. Bless him with faith in your loving kindness and protection. Endow the surgeon and the medical team with ability and skill so that, according to your will, this surgery may bring your servant to a full restoration of health and strength. For you live and reign with the Father and the Holy Spirit, one God, forever and ever. Amen. I thank you, my Amen. Heavenly Father, the Lord. The Lord bless us, defend us from all evil, and bring us to everlasting life.